Well, by the time we start, Black Widow will be out too. So that's true. The black Black Widow. Who cares? I I, fucking, I care. Do you? Yeah, I care a lot. I love Natasha, man. She's a linchpin. Yeah, she's cool, but she's also fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> joining us for the very first time which should be none of you because this is the second part of a two-part justice league episode this is icon or ycon we are continuing our journey into Zack snyder's justice league otherwise known as my personal christmas i am here as always with the flash to my nightmare cj laroche <laughs> Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. The Flash <laughs> to your nightmare. Now, this could be – okay, so the Flash – all right, so he went back in time and tried to make the nightmare not happen. So are you saying or insinuating that somehow I can erase you? It's a compliment. It was meant as a compliment, and I think you're overthinking it. You should just okay. say thank you and move on. Oh, well, now I'm getting direction on air. Thank you. Let's move Just on. Just say Dostoevsky. Just say Dostoevsky. It works, apparently. Dostoevsky. <laughs> exactly. Or brudge. Uh, uh, Chris, is, Chris has come back. Yeah. Chris yes. does not get so upset that he, like, never wanted to see us again. He's back. Christopher, how are you out. doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be a part of this again. This is so great. The Last Jedi. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. We have a comeback and we have a callback. Mm. Uh, thank you. There we go. Oh. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, and that whole went by uh, without me having to say the last Jedi, Chris. So thank you for that. That's great. You're, really you're, I'm that. so happy to provide you that relief. I'm so happy to do Listen, that. here's the thing though, CJ. If you can like Suicide Squad, I can like The Last Jedi. Well, Andrew, fine. Um, you know, but if you you know, when you go back when you when you were able to listen to last week's episode, you said a, a bunch of things about the the twenty seven Justice League, twenty seventeen Justice League that I could have said about the Last Jedi. You know, it didn't pay off any threads. It was a shitty movie, but I didn't say that. So there's that. Listen, <laughs> you know what? I think I think we need a topic change. I think we need some focus. I think we need to move yeah. in to some yes. ephemeral questions. So what you're saying to me is that <laughs> it's time for ephemeral questions about Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. Andrew, Chris, and myself will break it down completely and not just somewhat. Oh, that no. was <laughs> Bob Marley's Redemption Song. So not only was it a fabulous song with great lyrics that I had a whole week to think about, but it is topical as Zack Snyder's Justice League cut redeemed the DCEU. CJ, and now we're going to talk about it. That was beautiful on so many levels. Honestly, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was Redemption Song. I thought it was the sea shanty that the Nordic women sang to Aquaman. <laughs> Redemption Song is even better. Or the yeah, Wonder well, Woman. You know, it's my new Agatha all along. It's replacing Agatha all along ah, in my playlist. Nice. <laughs> nice. Love that. Oh, wow. Uh, um, yeah, Andrew, take us away into the ephemeral questions well, because they are going to be real good. Let's, real good today. Let's, let's have our guest lead this off. Uh, Christopher, what worked yeah. for you about this movie? 
So, we're talking about this movie, and uh, if you listen to episode one, CJ touched on this beautifully, but the pacing of this movie worked incredibly well for me. Um, I haven't seen a superhero movie this long work this well since Infinity War, mm. and I was insanely impressed. Um, the pace, it, like, so much, everything ultimately worked for me for this movie. Wonder Woman's depiction, the character motivations for all of the Justice League members, the payoff of uh, storylines, but for me, it is so impressive that for a four-hour movie, I watched it straight through, and I didn't take any breaks. And I think that that's the consensus among viewers. I, more and more, like Andrew, I've delved into the Twitterverse of this, and the number one thing I see come up is that it didn't feel like four hours, and that is a real testament to your story structure when it moves and it doesn't drag in any part of the story. So for me, that's what really worked uh, the most about this movie. I, I absolutely also what worked about this movie is Zack Snyder knows how to do a daddy shot, um, and I'm learning <laughs> that his work. He knows how to highlight a dad. Ben Affleck in the closing scene, I was like, oh my God. He's like, can I help you? I'm like, yes, you can. Like, <laughs> you, can help me. So, you can help me a lot. So Chris, like, in these parts, we call that uh, he made you lurchy. Yeah, lurchy. <laughs> lurchy yeah. is the word. Yeah, lurchy, a term coined by listener number 17. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that tire CrossFit is paying off, Batfleck. I love it. (laughs) Well, seriously, he didn't have to do reshoots when he was, like, 15 pounds heavier, too, right? I know. So, like, that through line of him just being the same size the entire movie. How jeggings. Remember the jegging scene with Wonder Woman where he's, like, walking around and the muscles are painted on, like, a ski suit? It's so bad. So bad. So sad. (laughs) Poor thing. Such sadness. CJ, what worked for you? Well, I'll tell you what worked for me uh, was Object 61982, Cyborg. Yes. Okay. Yes. First of all, I just want to say, uh, you guys may know this, that the first issue of Cyborg Teen Titan was released when? June 1982. So Object 61982, fabulous fucking Easter egg in there wow. for the nerds. Thank you so much for that. Um, in the in the first in the first rendition of this film, Cyborg is just like kind of annoying. You think he might be evil even at times. The way that this character is so fleshed out, flesh, Cyborg, get it? The way that they give him the time on screen, right? Because Victor Stone is such a complicated character. He's like anyone who's ever like had a father that was too busy or a parent that was too busy. Right, like to see him score the winning touchdown and then look up in the stands and like your fucking heart breaks for him. And then to like, you know, continue on after the game, he's having that wonderful conversation with his mother where his mother is just trying to plead with him, Victor, please understand, like he loves you. Like it's and and we're so proud of all the things that you're gonna become. BAM! And your fucking heart gets like knocked out behind you because you know, like, oh my god, this is how it happened. And then to see Miles Dyson in the hospital, like your wife is dead and your your kid is probably like gonna die too, and, and just that that heartbreak and that pain of like, no, I'm not going to let you die, right? Then it justifies the fact that he's created a monster, right? Like he's the only thing that's left of Victor in in that what we see is like the left side of his face, but no, like there's actually like a fully fleshed out human being with like pain. And, and goals and ambition and all these things like 
to see that given the due that it is that it deserves and because you care about him so much later on when he gets inside of the mother boxes right then it it just completely pays off it just it just 100 percent raised the stakes at every single turn so that by the time you got to the end and now it's like you're inside the mother boxes and you you see that there might actually be some motivation for him to be like yeah you know what fuck the world like he says earlier in the film fuck the world like i'm just gonna stay here with mom and dad and like where everything's great you know the stakes and 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 the 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 drama that that creates just makes the thing wrap up so exciting and wonderfully that it's like thank you god or zach for like giving us that version of the character because the other version was just like eh forgettable but now victor stone and cyborg in this universe and in my mind is just 100 percent complete and i think that that's that's what i should say that's what worked most for me yeah was poor ray fisher poor ray fisher like deleted that role was deleted Oh my yeah. God! We saw none of that. He delivered such a strong performance. I I love that uh, Zach even took the time to give him a first flight sequence, like we got with Man of Steel. He right, had his yeah. whole first flight moment, like, yeah, yeah. Where did the powers come from? From there, yeah. Like that's that's yeah. how he figured he figured it out. Yeah, he worked on it. Ah, uh, it's yeah. it, that was it was very satisfying. I love that. I love both of those. Andrew, what um what worked most for you? Because it's it's what worked most. Yeah, honestly, because this like, movie really worked very well from top to bottom. It was very well conceived, yeah. very well put together, uh, very well executed. I think what worked most for me is the runtime dedicated to fleshing characters out. Because the more I know about them, the more I can care about them. And I wasn't getting superfluous details. It wasn't like in Superman. Superman. It wasn't like in uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man Three where we had that weird beat where he's talking about, oh, I love pie. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't details like that. We were getting some significant things, um, significant things to make us care about these people so we can understand why they feel called to do the things that they do, right? So yeah. you, you spoke on, on, on Cyborg. You spoke on Diana. I spoke on Superman. There's one tiny little detail that I loved so much, and it was at the very end when Aquaman is talking to – Volko and Mara and he's like I gotta go see my dad because yeah. he just saw Victor lose his dad yeah and like I, this Aquaman is gruff and he complains a lot but there is a heart in there and just that detail a small detail that you dedicate some runtime to that tells me so much and I really loved it please ignore the biker gang uh, riding down oh, my street man. this afternoon I'm sure you hear it but I'm gonna keep on talking because I'm on a roll yeah. right now and I, They're heading north too, so they'll be here. It'll be up in my neighborhood in a minute. Momentarily, so. <laughs> but I love the detail taken to flesh it out. I love we we learned about the Speed Force. We learned about how he has this fast metabolism, so he has to keep eating. We learned that he has a higher healing factor. We learned and that he, he keeps eating, and he in keeps the eating. First, in the first one, he just had one pizza, and then that was it. This thing, yeah. he's eating throughout. He needs to. Yeah. They established that he needs to. Um, I he's love that he, yeah. he talked about his healing factor. He talks about that he has a code of conduct because he understands when he goes too fast that t- time gets funny. But he knows that sometimes he has to violate this to make something happen. Uh, all of it. All of it is so good and the detail given that we care about these people. Martian Manhunter, who has known who we find out. General Swanwick has known Lois. Since movie number one, and we find out that this whole time, 
General Swanwick was really Martian Manhunter, and he understands that Lois needs to be at Heroes Park. She's been going to Heroes Park. She's lost faith in going to Heroes Park. Also, they establish that she goes to Heroes Park every morning in the beginning of the yep. movie. Yep, and we got our Jimmy Olsen cameo. We got our Jimmy right. Olsen cameo. Thank God we got our Jimmy yep. Olsen cameo. Yep. And, like, Martian Manhunter explains at the very end of the movie, he's like, I understand that I have a stake in this world, too, now. And so what has happened was we have a beat that's set up, a beat that's paid off by a character who has relegated himself to be an observer. The events of the movie happen. This character is changed. And we're at the top of the movie. You have Ben Affleck fighting to recruit people. You have a metahuman coming out of the woodwork to recruit himself and to be like, you've gathered the team. I'll reach out with what we need to do next because now he's saying – so all of these little details that an executive would look and be like, it's too long. Trim all that out. Zach left in because they really do add up and I know these people and I care about them. The fact that General Swanwick impersonated Superman's mother to get through to Lois to make sure that this chess piece was where she needed to be for this leg of the journey to happen appropriately, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And, and who's going back now to Man of Steel and BBS to watch all of the Swanwick scenes? Oh, yeah, this totally. Be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he said that he knew it way back then. Zach said that he knew that way back then he was Martian Manhunter and the scene in Man of Steel where um, Henry Cavill is looking at him through the glass, that he's actually seeing him as Martian Manhunter, which, oh, yeah. Damn, yeah. Yeah. So that's a little Easter nice. egg thing that was set up. Um, it's like, it's so funny you say that, Andrew, about like executives who look at stuff because I really feel with all of this um, DC competing with Marvel nonsense that some people get into, I, and I want to see DC do well, I think the one thing they need to do is they need to find a creative, an officer, like a CEO that is more like a Feige type, like not somebody who's just like a business type who came from like the theme parks division is now like a CEO, but somebody who's a creative mind and can look at this stuff like a Kevin Feige and see like a blueprint and see how these movies could connect. It was supposed to be Zach. It was supposed to be Zach. That was his role. But I don't want to see him split his efforts, though. I I want to see Zach do – I do want to see him have um, control over that. But he does this so well, too. And I want to see him – I don't want to see his focus split, so -hmm. to speak. So I think it would also be beneficial if there was somebody else to kind of help him in that way. Because Feige doesn't direct those movies. Feige just kind of oversees everything. He's free to do that, and then he allows these directors, like the Russo brothers and everything, to do it. And so I, what Zach does is so gorgeous that I think he also needs somebody who supports him and enables this vision and, go, and can see the long game yeah. ultimately. Yeah. I think that yeah, works the best. EP. Yeah. They need an EP that like is not a producer, that like is a creative you – know, like, like Star Wars needs to do with Dave Filoni. Like yes. Dave Filoni just needs to be put in charge and like hire everybody to do everything and like write all the stories and like you – know, because it's, it's when you have – when you have something like the Snyder Cut now where you see that when you actually pay attention to what came before, when you try to, like, tie up those threads, like, it works brilliantly and everyone fucking loves it. It's great. Like, come on. <laughs> like, the formula yes. is there. It's – because you got to put it in the movie. Yeah. Oh, just you wait, Henry Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, CJ, what didn't work for you about this movie? 
Well, I do. I do want to just talk real quickly about Iris West's appearance. Mm. I didn't get to touch on that. Uh, I love the Flash. I love that that girl, that woman, uh, in the car. That's Iris West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's a name character, but she never says her name. I love the intro of those two. The truck. Did you guys notice the truck that hit the car was uh, Gardner Fox, mm-hmm. who wrote the Flash. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Love that shit. And the other detail, Andrew, that I would have loved to have talked about last week was um, when he first flashed and his shoes tore apart. Yes, that was fucking incredible. Like it was I, amazing. I, I almost fell out of my out of my couch. Did you fall out of a couch? Yeah, I almost fell off of my couch. I was so it's excited. It was so cool. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. I do want to. I do want. Okay, so like I want to praise and then I want to criticize. So I want to praise that we got so much more Alfred in this film. We did. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons. When you have Jeremy Irons, you do not keep him on the bench. You do not make him think, say stupid shit. When he said, maybe you shouldn't wave the red cape at the bull, or whatever he said. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That was so cool. When he was the bull, don't wave the red cape. And then Ben Ben Affleck was like, oh, yeah, Jeremy. Okay, yeah, I see. And like yeah, this red cape with, fights back. Yeah, but this red cape fights back. Yeah! <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> It so and it's a flip side. Okay. It's a flip side of the BVS conversation between the two of them, where Alfred's saying, like, right. he's not your enemy, and the 1% chance he could be. And now it's flipped, where right. Ben Affleck's character is like, no, we need to bring him back. Like, so great. Such a great little payoff again, right there. It's smart. So it's really smart. He put he put the effort into, like, making it a situation. Uh, Christopher, so what... Now, oh, wait, yeah, I'm sorry. No, were, were you not done? No. Keep going. Keep going. I didn't say anything bad. I'm sorry. I never got to what didn't work. Like, and this is like the moment. And I, I actually, I actually should have just let you skip because, like, I hate to do this. Go for it. Yeah. Like, I hate to say anything that didn't work for me in this movie. But this is and part of I'm the journey. Get, yeah, I'm gonna get laughed off the internet too for this. But um, the only thing that didn't work for me was the tea scene. <laughs> it didn't work with, for a lot of people. With Alfred and Diana making tea. I, oh, I thought it was cute. I just didn't. <laughs> I thought it was very cute, and yeah. and I thought it was fun. But it's the one. It's literally the one fucking forty five seconds of this movie that I'm like, mm, what are you no. guys doing? <laughs> Why is this here? This absolutely one hundred percent doesn't work for me. Um, you could cut it, yeah. I could cut it, yeah. I could live without it. But how wonderful, gentlemen, to be sitting here talking about a movie in 2021, about a comic book movie, and we're all comic book stupid heads, where, <laughs> where like, I, I have one thing. I have one thing. I have nothing else to say that didn't work. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I love that. I think that's great. <laughs> okay, the gentleman from Vermont secedes the room. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, what didn't work for you? Uh, you know, um, at the risk of repeating what CJ saying, n- not a lot. And I, I kind of mentioned this in episode one, but um, <laughs> which was which was taped so long ago. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I have to say. Um, the one thing that I waver on, and I waver on it because, and Andrew, you made the point about this earlier with Martian Manhunter, because it's so necessary for the plot development that it was Martian Manhunter that motivated Lois to be out in the world so she could be there in Heroes Park. But the one thing where I'm kind of like, mm, I almost wish it was Martha Kent 
because there's a part of me that just loves that human moment between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And because that dialogue is so sincere and earnest, like I, that is a moment I cry at in the movie where Diane Lane is giving such a performance and you believe it's Martha Kent and she's, and you believe it's a mother talking about, that's the thing I think I can isolate. It's because I hate to think that that's not a mother talking about her son in such a weird, Mm. saying this world knew my child as a symbol but they don't know him. I know. And that felt so real. And the only thing that saves it for me is being a comic book fan. We know that John Johns is an insanely powerful telepath. He's probably listening to the justice league where he is. He's probably listened to Martha Kent's mind and he almost knows beat for beat every thought where Martha would have said exactly those words. So that's the thing that saves it for me is knowing the extent of Martian Manhunter's abilities that I can almost treat it like it's Martha Kent. But that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, this is necessary as a story beat, but I almost wish it was Martha because how beautiful. Even if this wasn't a comic book movie, you could take this scene and do it in an acting class, and it's just like a beautiful scene about a mother and her son and a mother-in-law comforting a daughter-in-law who just lost this important man in their life. And that's for me, like where I was. And that was the moment in the movie that made me realize anybody who says Zack Snyder can't tell an emotional story that he is all style over substance that he doesn't know. Watch this fucking scene. You're dead wrong. I was wrong. I saw the scene. I was like, I take back everything I ever said. I was wrong. He can do it. He can do it. He did it for me better than Patty did. And I never, I never thought I'd ever say that. He constructs an emotional <laughs> moment. Wow. Yeah. I love it. That's real. I love it. That's yeah, so cool. Sure. Uh, so for me... I think Martian Manhunter is actually listening to this podcast right now. So we should watch what we say going <laughs> he, forward. He probably is. So, I'm going to come out my lake house and talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but that fucking lake house. Holy God. Who doesn't want to live there? It's incredible. Yeah. It looks incredible. So um, Andrew, do you have anything that you'd I like do. to say about? Do you do? I do. Oh. I do, but I'll be brief. Okay. I'll be well, brief. You can, no, I just I feel like this is this is going to be a hard moment for you. So I want you to know that I'm here. I'm supporting you. I'm 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 here if you need me. But go ahead. I'm not. Watch what you say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I uh, if we're gonna do Lex. I need a little bit more Lex. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I need okay. a little bit more Lex because like I because like I get the they, they delayed the reveal of Superman, but his presence his absence looms over the first two thirds of the movie, as it should have. Right. Which is wonderful. Um but uh we kind of had to rush through a little bit of a catch up to be like, remember Lex? He's here. And he's and he has yeah. the scene with Deathstroke. Because that's going to be important for the nightmare that you're going to see in 45 seconds. Like, I, that's the only thing that I was like, all right, I were this two movies, there would have been a little bit of room, because like the 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 bell's already been rung with such an iconic moment from BBS. So to have yeah. a little bit of that peppered into the beginning, so we're coming back to him, and that's just me giving like a film nerd note. Do you know what I mean? Like, because uh, I, I loved it, and and I, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex is great, but. Uh, yeah. Again, it's so special. It's so special that, like, one little, like, bit at the end of the movie that you wish you could have had a little bit more of during the movie is what didn't work for you. Yeah. 
That's fantastic. It's great. And I think more bait. About- it's more bait that teases like the Injustice League or the Legion of Doom, I should say. Yeah. Is those yes. two coming together and teasing another. Yeah. You can also get more of this. And it's like, yeah. So that, yeah, yeah and, it's great. And how excited are we that we don't have a league of their own anymore? Because, wow. <laughs> oh, God, oh, no. That was so bad. Jesus. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Woo. Yeah. Gina Davis. I know. Over somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. All right. She'll play Big Barda. <laughs> All right, you ready? Random bonus question. Are you ready for this? Oh, right. Yes. It's always okay. the random bonus question. Yeah. All right. Wait, who is it to? It's to, every, it's to the room. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Every, everybody can well, answer. Okay. Oh, that's a play. Oh, do I have to go first? Do I have to go first? You don't Make have Chris to go, go first. first. Okay, Chris. Guy. Make right. Chris go first. Chris can go first. Okay. All, right. all, all this, yeah. hullo- all of this hullabaloo. <laughs> Thank you, CJ. <laughs> Random bonus question. Yeah. What tertiary character from this movie is the star of the children's ABC series? That's a great question. Oh, um. Tertiary character, so like nobody in the league, basically. You're saying nobody right? in the league, no. Tertiary character, but like we got to do a children's spinoff because this was such Ryan a Ryan Choi. Easy answer, Ryan Choi. Okay, okay, very, very yeah. good. Yeah, the Adam. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Those He's, it's already all there. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's yep. already that's a companion series right there. So Ryan Choi, right? I mean, who is also sprinkled in as well. Um, It is rather, by the way, as a side note, not to get overly political, but it is rather alarming to see uh, the excision of characters of color. Every person of color was deleted. And and to see the female storylines like Wonder Woman storyline was like, let's just have her mope over Steve Trevor. Like, and yeah, you'll see how much I love that beat. And um, and then completely taking out, like, the characters of color and, like, even down to Iris West. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I, Ryan Choi, I mean, he gets his due, which I love. So, yeah. Amazing. The new head of nanotechnology. Perfect. That's how he becomes yeah. the Adam. And that's how he becomes, it's perfect. Why? It's perfect. Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I love it. CJ, how about you? Yeah. Well, I have to go with Iris West. Ah, there you go. I mean, that's my that's my storyline. That's those are my characters, and and I would love to see uh, that woman, Kiersey Clemens. What she's like, she jumps off the screen. She's, so yeah, let's beautiful. get let's get her set up. Let's make her like a school teacher or something, and we can like have the, you know, she can be involved with the kids, and the Flash can like show up every now and then. Um, but yeah, no, I would I would definitely spin off Iris West. I think I would spin off Ryan Choi first. So kudos to you, Christopher, for jumping in there and making that making that oh, brilliant you. observation and answer. Uh, but I think Iris is going to be a close second for me. Uh, and that's a layup, Andrew, for me on the bonus question. So after some tough ones, some awkward ones uh, in recent weeks, I'd like to just say thank you. Oh, good, 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 good. I felt good about that one. I felt good about that one. Yeah, that's yeah. great. All right, you guys ready for my answer? You guys ready? Yeah. I, uh, a maybe. Chi- a children's series... <laughs> Martha Kent gets a job being a teacher's assistant for an elementary school. And there is a young metahuman in a first grade class. 
Wow, 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 wow. And wow, she wow. mentors him in the way that she took care of Clark because she understands what being a metahuman is. And, and he has two children friends that he plays with, and the four of them get in adventures. And she's like, they're, they're like guardian that like makes sure everything's okay. It's like the Sarah Jane adventures with Doctor that's, Who, but with uh, Superman characters. That's and it's like Matilda, kind of. Right? <laughs> exactly. No, and not only is it a great story, but somehow it makes Martha digestible again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that was everybody's big issue. Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. Martha. yep. But now we yeah. put Martha on ABC Sundays at 7, and all of a sudden, we're good. I love it. Yeah, so did, well did, that was a good answer, right? Come on. That, oh, no, yeah. it's great. All right. I love it. Great. So I put this question here because I think we all know the answer, but does make your desert on top five? Yeah, 100%. I think this is this is absolutely a top 20 film of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's It might be all of the five. Like, of course. Yeah. I would, I would <laughs> right. love to, I would, I would, I, This would be a treat to watch at any time. Now, wait a second. Wait a second. Is this a top 10 movie of all time? It might be. We need more time. We need more time. We need more time. We need more time, but it might be. But like right off the top of my head, Gone with the Wind, Casablanca, Citizen Kane, Star Wars. Yep. Uh, Godfather. Uh, the Godfather. Yeah. Uh, JFK. JFK is great. As good as it gets. Is I'm, I'm putting as good as it gets in there. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, fuck. Endgame. Yeah. Is, uh, Schindler's uh, List. Uh, Schindler's List, fuck. Philadelphia. Yeah. Forrest Gump. So we're at 11. And we're not just rattling. So, like, the Snyder Cut is in the conversation. It's absolutely in the conversation. Most definitely. It's in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally in the conversation. I think it's so so funny that you are very, very committed to filling the top five or filling the top ten. Like, and and, and I think I (laughs) I understand Desert on Top Five is more of a concept. And you it's were like, concept. And, and you were like, no, you have it's, a finite it, number of DVDs in your canoe. It's the sports <laughs> background, Andrew. I'm, I'm like all about those top 10 shows. I want to rank them. You know, I want to yeah. say Tom Brady is not the greatest quarterback of all time. Sorry, everybody. He's not unpopular opinion, <laughs> but this movie, it's in the conversation it's up there, man. Yeah. It's in the conversation. Yeah. Fuck. And it's a superhero movie. It's like, it, like, Oh, it did what Endgame did, right? Like totally, and got there faster. A great, great film. Got, got and there. An historically yeah. unprecedented mi- movie in terms of what surrounded it, like in terms yeah. of like the culture and how not only as we all mentioned over and over again as a win for the creative side of the process, but also a win for fans ultimately yeah. demanding the movie that they want. And it's what gives me the bit of hope for possible sequels to this because right. they got it done. As far as I know, with my knowledge, this is the third time in my lifetime that something like this has happened, but this is the first time that something like this has happened and has been funded and released and promoted in this nature. This is the first time that it has been part of the cultural conversation so much. Maybe we'll get Game of Thrones season eight, take two. We'll never, we'll (laughs) never get that. We'll never get that. We are just stuck with what they handed us. Last Jedi, the director's cut. (laughs) The Last Jedi, the director's been cut, 
and we got a new director in there. You, you will not use the Snyder Cut episode. You will not use the sacred ground of the Snyder Cut episode to malign Ryan Johnson. That is inappropriate, CJ. JJ Abrams cut. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, as the kids say. Inappropriate. All right. It's, it's time for my favorite time. It's time for the special awards. Okay, I would like to give my special award first. Go for it, CJ. Now, now when you say you will not use the Snyder Cut episode, yada, 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 <laughs> I do want to recognize the fact that this is a seminal moment for Icon or Wycon. If you've been listening from the beginning, thank you. Uh, if, if you're just joining in now, where you been? <laughs> but I would like to give the Snyder Cut of Justice League the Andrew David Sotomayor Award for putting it in the movie. You put it in the movie. Hey, how come we don't just destroy these mother boxes? Oh, they absorb fire. It makes them stronger. You put it in the movie. Hey, how come Cyborg is able to like manipulate electronics? Oh, it's because he's actually just part of the internet now. You put it in the movie. Why did the mother boxes all of a sudden decide to wake up? Oh, because when Superman died, his scream woke him up. You put it in the movie. Why do we come to Earth? There's no protectors. There's no lanterns. You put it in the movie. Like, you put it in the movie. And for that, <laughs> you get the Andrew David Sotomayor Award. CJ, that made my fucking life hearing that. I, that was amazing. It's been a long time coming. It's That's been a amazing. long time coming. I'm glad that finally the Andrew David Sotomayor Award was, you know, worthy. This episode was worthy, and it's your favorite episode thus far. So, well, and, and I'm that's, just glad that it all happened the way that it did. And, thank you. Yeah. And and that's why the movie's so long because he spent time to put it in. Put it in the movie. It's in there. You just got to put, put it in, in the there. movie. You got to put it in the movie. Don't don't make me buy I mean, it. The fact that Darkseid forgot where Earth was, notwithstanding. I know. That took a little bit they of a least movie. put that in the movie. Yeah. Well, they put it in the movie. They yeah. were like, hey, man, remember Earth? He's like, oh, my God, fucking Earth. Yeah, that time that, like, he <laughs> cut off my arm. Yeah. Like, of course I remember Earth. They put it in the movie, they at did. least. They did. It was, it was a leap, but at least they did explain it. Yeah. They even put David Thewlis' face on Ares in that scene. They went like, in. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they, even, like, they put some faces on. They they pasted some faces on in a way that looked realistic. Well, and as, right. And as far as details go, it was great that he's the one that took the winning blow. Right. Because God had be, to do it because of his role in Wonder yeah. Woman. When he's just like, I, I've seen what this place does. Like, it's not yeah. worth it. Like that. It, it was. A, we got to build in a tiny character arc for him in a previous movie. Well, that's why for me, this movie feels like such a sequel to Wonder Woman. It feels yeah. like it like it feels to me like all the characters and everything. And even that beat that's set up in Wonder Woman. And then again in this movie that you just said, CJ, God killing God. Yeah. Only a God can kill a God. And who chops off his head in the fucking end? Wonder Woman. And oh, my God, did that make me like ejaculate like everywhere. was just like her action scenes are fire in this. It gave me everything. I don't care if they're violent. I want more Wonder Woman blowing up terrorists. It's so fun. Yeah. It was so great. Oh my god, when she fucking ends Roose Bolton, that is like... Yeah. <laughs> the hat goes flying. Vapor, oh. Vaporized him. She Castle. took care of it. She took care yeah. of it. Oh she my took god. care of it with a move that she learned in the previous movie. Yeah. Thank you. I belong to no one. 
Per- oh, so um, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So amazing. I love it. I love all of it. Yeah. Give it in my veins. With all yeah. that said, though, Christopher, now we need your special award. Yes. My special award uh, is the Slakovia Award for Excellence in Superhero Accent Changes going to Amber Heard. That's <laughs> 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 so good. Also known as the uh, Halle Berry Excellence in Achievements for Drop. <laughs> It, oh my God, I mean, that's like the you, Sokovia Award. Sokovia. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nod to Elizabeth Olsen, the ever-changing accent it of uh, com- it comes, Wanda it Max goes, Ma- it comes and goes. Yeah, that accent oh really comes God. and goes, doesn't it, Han? Uh, they, but they put that in the in the show. They did it. They, they should have cast Madonna as Mira. They really should have cast Madonna. It would have really made a lot of sense. Oh um, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. And I and I get it. Like I actually, uh, for, somebody said they hated the uh, the British accent. I mean, I love the British accent for Mira. Um, totally. Somebody also says that Aquaman. What, Jason Momoa himself said that Aquaman feels like the sequel to the Snyder Cut. Or he says he treats it as such. It for me it doesn't. Even though there are things of Aquaman that feel fun, that definitely feels like the Joss Whedon sequel for sure. Oh no, and. Question, question. I mean, even down to the point of where, like, I love the little detail. It's like with Flash's shoes. I love that an air bubble has to be created when they speak to each other. Yeah, yeah, um, that was badass. The ground, I love just the grounded way. If this existed in the real world, this is how it would happen. Flash's sneakers would burn up. We'd have to create an air bubble. Um, but no, I, I think... I mean, man, I just really hope the tone set in this just goes forward in these movies because while I do love a good, fun, bright, bombastic comic book movie, I think there should be those. Um, I I think there should be room for this. Like, I I ultimately don't care about whether a superhero movie is dark or bright. or th- I care that it's a good story. Like, and that's what we should all care about. Yeah. The storytelling. These are the Greek myths of our day. Oh yeah. Like this is. I mean, I don't. I don't mind. Give me both. I, give me something totally different with each movie, but just make sure the stories weave together because that's ultimately what the fans want. You know, that's, that's what. That's why, that's why Shazam is such a great entrance. You know, because it Shazam. is like fluffy and goofy and fun, but it still exists inside the universe. It's a good story. It's still. It's even though it's fun and everything, it is a good story about a boy like who's adopted like it's it's just great shazam is really good yeah yeah shazam (laughs) (laughs) all right andrew drum roll please amazon drum roll that's not a drum roll that is me rolling my tongue it was it it was worth it though my special award for Zack snyder's justice league is the Bravery in the Face of Expectations Award. Aww. Amen. Because, yeah. think about this, guys. This man went through some shit to get those first two movies made. And then he went through some real, real shit with Justice League. Uh, they his, his daughter passes away, and they butcher something he put a lot of effort and energy into, and they just murdered it and, and abused the actors in the process. And then fan culture takes us into a world where, and sometimes rabid fan culture is not healthy. It can be hella toxic. But fan culture in this instance, and there was some toxicity. You see it in Twitter. There's some cruelty that happened in the fan culture. But it did move the movement to a place where the studio had to listen to what the actual fans wanted. 
and it was in the spirit of getting this director's vision achieved. Now, add to that the fact that there was a four-year gap. So this is a man that has to revisit this footage, get through the baggage of what that means to revisit the footage and piece it together and not be hamstrung by these extreme expectations put forward by the fans that demanded this movie to be created. He had every opportunity to fail with this execution and th- and it managed to exceed our expectations. I think that's spectacular. Literally yeah, yeah. everything was working against him, including a global pandemic. And he got <laughs> the fucking nightmare epilogue filmed. There was nothing in his corner but the fan base. And even they are a volatile thing to fuck with. Right. And he really yeah. and he really, really delivered. So that's why he gets that award because, like, I, I, I remember watching it, and I was just like, "How did he manage to make something better than I had dreamed it would be?" Because I walked into it completely understanding that the movie I've been imagining for four years I wasn't gonna see. You know what I mean? I just I, I had I had an expectation for myself set so I could still enjoy it, and 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 man, did he fucking deliver! He yeah, really delivered in a spectacular way. And here's the thing. Back to what I said in episode one, his ego was not involved. He did not bring his baggage into the editing room with this. What he brought was his love of the characters and a desire to honor his daughter by completing the vision. Yeah. You know, oh my and, God. And at it, the end, when we, when we go to black and it on. says for autumn, come on. Jesus. So good. I cried. I cried big time. It was time very emotional. Yeah. And so And did we did we did we all see the AFSP.org yeah. sign yeah. when when he yeah. drives up with the flat? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Unbelievable. No. no, it was it was there was no reason that this was as good as it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> every was, every built-in excuse. There was no reason. I, I would have understood anything and it was the pacing was gorgeous. The chapters were gorgeous. The special effects were fantastic. The acting was really grounded and good. The storytelling was even. Beats that you saw from previous movies were incorporated. Beats that you saw from the beginning of the movie were incorporated again at the end of the movie. It all paid off. It was it was exquisitely done, and he had nothing working in his favor, and I'm so moved and inspired by that. And I hope that this is a great step for him re-entering directorships. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, because I, I think I, I think this gives him permission to do his thing a little bit more. It is very inspiring. It, it, it's so it well should. earned. It's fantastic. So well earned. It was great. Um, I think I know the answer to the final question, but I have to ask because it's actually the title of the show. <laughs> is this movie an icon or a Wycon? Wycon? Would you even ask me that, Andrew? <laughs> this this thing this this movie is like it goes so far beyond the movie right it wasn't this is not a movie it's a movement like it to get this thing where it is this is an iconic story that will be told about the iconic story that it's telling with the iconic characters surrounded by an iconic director now he's an iconic director now yeah right and uh, everything about releasing it on hbo max 
oh, like everything about this movie is an icon. This is why we, this is, this movie is why we do this show. Absolutely. This movie is why we're like all going to go back into movie theaters probably a little bit before we should (laughs) (laughs) safely. Right. It's just, it's to see this thing. It's to have this experience. It's to share this experience with others, you know, like, like at the beginning of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, spoiler alert, the Winter Soldier, Bucky, is in a you therapist's office. You don't have office to say that here. I do. <laughs> I will. And I will continue to. <laughs> she says, the, ther- the therapist says to him, you have to make friendships. You have to develop friendships. And it's, it's about, movies, to me at least, are about seeing a movie and then sharing it with your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and building friendships that, re- that, that are, are heavily influenced by the art that we take in. Right. And, and if, if you love it, if you hate it, it doesn't matter. Right. Like it creates it creates an environment where you can have a, a dialogue or a conversation about movies like Zack Snyder's Justice League cut or Shaz- Shazam. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. And the iconic films, the real iconic movies are movies like this that you can have just a, a now a two hour going on two hour conversation about. Uh, it really, it, 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 it hits home for me and it's, it's a very, it's a wonderful thing for me when an artist gets, gets recognized and they're able to tell their story the way that they want to, because how many rooms have we all been in where the money walks through the door and the art walks back out with them? Like, and, and so for this thing to have happened, it is an iconic movie. It is an iconic moment in history and I, I feel blessed and grateful to have been alive during it. I feel even more blessed and grateful to be able to share it with the two of you and Aww. our 16 listeners. Uh, hopefully number 17 comes back on board soon. Um, but no, it's, that's, that's the long answer to the question. Uh, yes. Yeah. 100%. I feel that. Chris, yeah. you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I agree with everything you both said. I mean, it is, first of all, let me just say, yes, icon, 1,000%. But also, it really is such a vindication and such a validation for Zack Snyder and for his work. And for me personally, again, I have to say, because I don't like to be somebody who jumps on a bandwagon and tries to retroactively claim, like, yeah, I was always a part of this, guys. I'm so cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, will, I, I will happily eat shit, and I will happily say I was dead wrong about this man and about how talented he is. I always thought of him as a very talented visual storyteller, and I never hated, like, the tonal choices he made, but I did question certain things because of how everything played out, which now I feel, even with BVS, was not his fault. Um, And I watched this movie, and just the tale surrounding this movie is like a superhero story in and of itself of somebody being down on their luck and somebody rising through the pain and the opposition, it really, the story of these characters in this movie really do reflect him very well. Just somebody kind of coming through this trauma and ascending to this level. Um, You know, when Hallelujah played at the end, I was like, I almost thought I never wanted to hear that song associated with another Zack Snyder movie because of Watchmen and everything. He loved that song. But Mm. I... 
I want it now. Like, I heard it, and I also teared up. I teared up a lot in this movie, but I teared up hearing that because you have the full context of what he went through with losing his daughter and then watching this project that he put his heart and soul into again become butchered. And to anyone who says, and I'll admit, I used to say, I used to wonder if he'd Superman. Um... I take it all back. Um, he absolutely understands these characters. He absolutely loves these characters. Every single one of them was... Like, I, I loved... The, they were somebody who I knew and I loved. And again, on a personal note for Wonder Woman, I remember I teared up because I was, I was a little disappointed with the sequel, but when I saw this movie after kind of having a really hard 2021 in my personal life, I remember saying out loud, thank you, I said, because you... I felt like he brought my character back to me with this movie on a personal note. And that meant a lot to me. And I think a lot of people feel that way with Superman and with each uh, member of the Justice League that people out there identify with. Um, It's a real true story, everything about perseverance and just about letting the art speak for itself. And so I hope that the movement doesn't die here. I really hope that this was the beginning of something else, something new, and that we can see maybe an end to studio overreach. I mean, it's a delicate balance to play. Studios have their part to play in how movies get made. Nobody's denying that. Sometimes studios do need to step in. But I think this movie is a really great case for like letting art just speak for itself, even with big blockbuster tentpole films. That's beautiful. And give me more music movie scores by Junkie XL. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. Come on. Come on. I want to hear an Amazon movie every time I walk into a room. I just, I want oh it. And you're like, ah, I want it. It's all. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. no, I, I agree with you both. This movie is very, very iconic. It, it just in its nature and it's the fact that it's the fact that it exists at all is iconic and it's a beautiful situation. I'm so thrilled at the product of it. I'm so great. I, I even am thrilled with the fact that he took the time to make it make sense that they have to resurrect Superman. Like even that, like he gave us an appropriate amount of time of him absent and guided us so that the characters had to have that whole meetup when flash is like, am I going to have to be the one to say it? Like we just, we got to bring him back. Like the, yeah. it, it organically came. So when we continue, this is the next course of events. It wasn't like when they smushed it into the first movie and it's just like, oh, okay, it's like, we're nothing yeah, without one, him. One Fuck. character, one actor a day in front of a green screen. <laughs> Fuck. Insane. <laughs> he got it in though. Uh, I, yeah, no, this movie's absolutely icon. And, uh, I couldn't have dreamed it better myself. And I couldn't have dreamed of, a. Of a more satisfying moment than getting together with you two gents and hashing it out. This was an absolutely enjoyable afternoon. Fifteen-year-old me will be eternally grateful. Yeah. I have a um, I have a I have a surprise bonus question. Uh, oh. I'm oh. gonna call it. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. Uh, what did you miss? <laughs> I I missed. I missed the. The Aquaman lasso scene. I know it's bad, but I missed it. I want it. I liked it. I liked it. I know. CJ, once oh, again, no, you are. I liked it. You are sullying the sacred ground. 
Only because, okay, let me clarify. Let me clarify. I don't miss it in the movie. I just love the way that Jason delivered that. She that doesn't leave the lasso of Hestia lying around. No. no, she doesn't. But the way that he delivered the speech it was funny. Yeah, was was, funny. was amazing. Did you guys miss anything? Did you? Is there a scene that like you were like, oh, I I kind of liked that and and would have liked that? No, nothing. No, I, it was all amazing. worse. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all of it was worse. Yeah, because even the scenes that were added in really didn't. You know, I mean, I'll miss. I guess I can always just rewatch the movie, but like. I do love making fun of that movie in real time. Like, even, like, watching that opening scene with the robber that he just leaves on the roof, and he's kind of like, I guess it's because Superman's gone, right? I mean, everybody, <laughs> it's all worse because it's like, thank you, exposition robber. We, uh, like, yeah, like I miss... Chris, yeah, it's how so did bad. he land on the same roof? He came back what? on the same roof. He landed on the same how roof. He land on the, he just flew away with the parademon and landed on the same roof for that guy to like pop into frame because plot <laughs> device had a bat magnet plot device had a bat magnet he must have that's how he got back there oh my god yeah oh. the, the bad things in that movie are what i might admit like batman walking around in like jeggings like in yeah. like a, a onesie like he's celine dion in concert or something it's just like I think, yeah god it was just, bat. i i don't think i'll ever watch that movie again no no, nope. <laughs> I think it's I think it's dead to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I will watch the scene, the Jason Lasso scene. I will watch that on YouTube. I'll catch that on YouTube. Okay, and, yeah. and you know what? It, it, it is it is your right to do that. Just like it is my yeah. right to be like Ugh, when you say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like a Legends novel now, though. Like that scene is like a Legends novel to me. Yeah, you know, it's well, like, well, it is. Do, yeah. I, do I have time on the train? Like, am I waiting for a, a Metro North train? Yeah, I'll <laughs> pop it up, I'll take a look. Well, before the train comes, it's really fast. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> I ruined the flow of the ending of this episode. I'm sorry for that. CJ, you never ruined the flow. <laughs> no, it's it, CJ, it is fine. It's fine. What you did was you, you brought it out of like the somberness and you brought us back to a sense of humor. You did sully the sacred ground. I sullied the sacred. You basically um, Joss Whedon watching next. I just you, Joss Whedon. Joss yeah. Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I won't ask what's next. I'll just I'll just uh, I'll just come come to the end here now because this this was such this was fucking incredible. My it was God. amazing. I'm what a so great happy. Movie. I'm this. gonna go watch it again right now. I think so done. too. I think well I'm yeah I'm, I'm not gonna do it right now but it'll happen. Yeah, it'll happen. Ah, oh, all right, you guys, we've reached the end of the road. I feel like I feel like when we dreamed up this show last summer, there was mm-hmm. always the hope that the the Snyder Cut would be released in time for us to do it, and it was. Yep. And coincided uh, beautifully. It's great. It's great. It's great. So we will continue. We are doubling back to the standard DCEU next week, and we will scoop up uh, Birds of Prey and a little Wonder Woman 84, and then we'll move on to our next journey. Yeah. Oh, this was so oh, fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. I, this was such a blast. Oh, my God. Thank oh. Chris, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back. Yes. For a second episode. We're so... Yeah. We're so grateful for that. Yeah, I had to really rejuggle my schedule, so I. You're welcome. I'm just. We do thank you. We certainly are your humble servants. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. That wraps it up, gang. For Icon or Icon, I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche, and I'm Donny Osmond. No, I'm kidding. I'm Christopher Henry. Does kind of look a little like Donny Osmond. It's real. (laughs) And we know that we'll definitely see him. And all of you 
Next time. Next time. Next time. Yeah.